Welcome to State of the Cat. Right on the heels of State of the Union, Jim Skirl thought it would be a great idea to bring the school up to date on how CAT has been doing, the various initiatives, and to uh, honor um, particular people involved in these service initiatives. So we will begin with prayer, as is our typical custom. Is anybody here for the first time? We've never been to a CAT meeting before? All right. Welcome. Great to have you. And uh, we'll be praying the prayer for generosity, uh, but we pray it slowly, line by line, and we stop and have a gap in between so that we can meditate on a phrase or a word in those lines. And then as you feel moved by the Holy Spirit to pray the next line, uh, go ahead and do that. And we'll work our way through that prayer. And then I'll have an additional prayer to open our State of the Cat 2019. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve. To give and not to count the cost. To fight and not to keep the rules. To toil and not to seek for rest. To labor and not to ask for reward. Save that knowing that I do your will. Pray for us. And today, it's very appropriate that on this feast of saints Cyril and Methodius, who were brothers, who were educated in Constantinople, and with zeal for the gospel, brought their faith to the Slavic people, who didn't have a, a written language. So they developed the Cyrillic alphabet, as it came to be known, to teach them to read and write, and also to know the faith of Jesus Christ. And so, St. Cyril died on this date in 869, and his brother, Methodius, went on to be a bishop and died 16 years later. But these men serve as models who gave of what they had and what they knew to those in need. So let us pray. Father, you brought the light of the gospel to the Slavic nations through St. Cyril and his brother, St. Methodius, Open our hearts to understand your teaching. Help us to become one in faith and praise and to give what we have and know to those who are most in need. And we ask you grant this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs> Mr. Gill. Okay, guys, I just want to do a couple opening comments before we get to the highlights of the meeting. Um, besides prayer, of course. Why do we do stay the cat? What is stay the cat about? Um, it's about looking at our first semester, um, some of the joys, some of the successes, and then um, also looking ahead to the rest of the semester. And for you juniors or sophomores in the room, what can you be thinking about for your leadership opportunities for next year? For you seniors, where do you take this when you leave this great place? Um, and these, some of these experiences and relationships that you have been a part of. The first semester highlight for me is this document. Last Thursday we had leaders lunches and about 50 to 60 leaders got together and they thought about loving, being loving, and what that means in the grad grad and how they see that through the Christian Action Team initiatives that they do. And I think the state of Canada is strong because of this document. And because a lot of our other reflections that Ignatius guys 
give us and think about and do every day and every week. We help a lot of homeless and we help a lot of kids and we help prepare the deceased, but this is a formation program for you, uh, for the Ignatius guys who go here. And that's why I have a job, because we're trying to form you and give you some foundational stuff that uh, you might take with you as a good Catholic, as a good Jesuit formed student. To the future, this year, we have more service opportunities than any year uh, that we've had yet. And that is because of our relationship with Urban Community School in the neighborhood. That we have 100 kids down at Urban every day. That we are still looking for home and club help. And if some of you guys have come down to home and club, please keep coming. It's working with kids after school Monday through Friday from 3.30 to 5.30. We have transportation going down there. You can walk down there. It's like a 10 minute ride, a 10 minute walk. Um, we really need help there. And so that's one of our goals for the rest of the semester, and really going forward. If you want to be in a relationship with kids after school, sports, or science, or coding, or robotics, or homework, or just hanging out, we have programs that you guys are like, and activities that we're doing that you have responded well to, teaching that to kids. So please consider that. Can't wait to hear from Mr. Dixon. He'll be hearing something new today. Uh, we'll get into uh, some more of your student reflections that uh, will be motivating to all of us, I hope. And then we'll get some pizza on a Valentine's Day treat after. So thanks for being here today, guys. So having um, mystery food and mystery drink, can't tell exactly where it is and where it came from, uh, is another Jim Skrull idea, as well as a mystery speaker. And it's not a mystery anymore. Thank you, Mr. Gill. However, it is my uh, wonderful pleasure to introduce Mr. Dan Dixon. And he is a native of D the Detroit area. And Mr. Dixon is a Jesuit regent. He's still in his formation as a Jesuit. Graduated from the University of Detroit Jesuit High School. He studied theology at the University of Notre Dame. And he taught at an urban Catholic middle school in Arizona before he joined the Jesuits in 2012. Uh, since his arrival at St. Ignatius in 2017, Mr. Dixon's taught a number of theology classes. Uh, he has spearheaded the self-study regarding the Welsh Academy, and he's currently working on the implementation of that academy to open in the fall. And so it is my wonderful pleasure to introduce our mystery speaker, Mr. Dan Dixon, SJ. Deacon Gala, thank you, Mr. Gill, thank you, Cat. It is such a distinguished group of, of people that are in this room. I feel very honored to be a part of this of this very cool day. I'd like to ask you guys to think about something. Think about the first time at Ignatius that you ever went on a service activity. Take a second to remember that. Might help to close your eyes here. Take a second to remember. Maybe it was Labra. Maybe it was Christmas in the community or the food drive. That first time that you went out on something that in your brain you thought, okay, this is this is service. You guys got that? 
All right, now you've got that. Now that you're there, take yourself back to that moment where you were getting ready to go. Take yourself back to that moment where you were getting ready to go. Who were you with? Were you with a couple classmates, a couple friends, people that made you feel supported? Or were you you with strangers? Remember the car ride or van ride over? Were you in one of the luxurious St. Ignatius vans bumping down Lorraine? Maybe you were just in your own car by yourself with one other person. Remember that ride over. The last thing I'm going to ask you to remember is how you felt and what were you thinking about. Were you anxious? Who who are going to be these people? Where am I going? What's this going to be like? Am I going to like it? Am I going to hate it? And if you can be brave enough, try to remember what you were thinking about the people you were going to serve. What were some of your thoughts about them, their situation? You guys got that? All right. You can open your eyes if you haven't already. I want to share one of my first service experiences as a Jesuit what it was like for me. I had just gotten off the spiritual exercises. Those of you, many of you probably remember, that's a 30-day silent retreat that every Jesuit makes. So 30 days in silence, really cool retreat, really close feeling with Jesus, really amped up to do something really cool, and just to talk to somebody mostly, but really, really excited is where I was several years ago. And I was going to get a mission. You come out of the spiritual exercises and they give you a mission, which I really wanted. Let me go do something, Lord. I love you very much. I want to do something for you. Let, 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 me, do, let me do something. So I get my mission. This is the way it works in the Jesuits. They call you aside. Okay, Dan, great. Glad you made the exercises. Glad it was good for you. Where are you going? You're going to Cleveland. Okay, cool. You know, I like baseball. The Indians beat my Tigers. That's okay. I'll enjoy Cleveland. It'll be kind of like Detroit. <coughs> what am I going to be doing in Cleveland, I asked. Well, you're going to be going to, uh, uh, to a Larsh community. You're going to be going to a Larsh community. What's that, I asked. Well, Larsh, that's where uh, it's, a, it's a home for people uh, with, uh, with, with mental disabilities and the assistants who accompany them. And, and you're going to live with them for a few months. I said, great. What are the kind of things that I'm going to be doing? And so they told me some of the things. And I was thinking, what am I going to do for these people? What am I going to do for these people in Larsh? And I got so excited about all the possibilities about what I could do for these people. What can I do for these people? That's what was going on in my head. So I took the bus ride, took the mega bus, got off in downtown Cleveland, found my way uh, to uh, to uh, to the east side of Cleveland, there over by Cleveland Heights, where the, one of the large houses is, and I knocked on the door, super excited about what I was going to do, and nobody answered, so I opened up the door and peeked in, 
And there was a woman, and she was sitting at the kitchen table on the very end of the table, looking at me. And I felt extremely awkward. Like, was I supposed to come in or was I not? I said, hello, uh, what's your name? And she said, my name's Janet. And so I started thinking of what I was going to do for Janet. What was I going to do for Janet? And the second thing she said to me was, massage, please. <laughs> I had that feeling, you know, like, like when you want to like ask somebody out and you're kind of like, you really want to, but you're like really nervous about, you know, what's that going to be like, you know, you're kind of sitting there and you're really awkward. That was me. I was sitting in the middle of this kitchen where I had never been with this person. I had no idea who she was and she wanted me to give her a massage. And that was my first experience of large. I was terrified. I had no idea what to do. I was frozen in time in the middle of that kitchen thinking, should I do it? Should I not? Should I, is that okay? Is it against the rules? Should it be the shoulders? Maybe her hand? And I was just sitting there like, all I wanted to do was get back on that mega bus and go in the other direction. <laughs> and you know, the thing about Janet is, I think she understood how uncomfortable I was. Because the next thing she said to me was, what, what year were you in kindergarten? <laughs> what year were you in kindergarten? And I said, I had to think about it and do some math. And I, I answered it. And she said, good, that means you were born. And then she told me the year I was born. She got it right. And I laughed. And I sat down next to Janet. And 15 minutes later, I got up from that conversation and I had a friend. The thing was, Janet didn't need me to do anything for her. She was fine. She's been living 50 some odd years in this world and she's gonna continue living it without me. But the thing was, Janet was open to a relationship. That day, my first day at Marsh, we had an encounter. And that's a word I really want you guys to think about today, is encounter. In other words, that moment when you make a human connection with somebody. It almost always involves eye contact and it almost always involves some sort of I'm equal with you and I'm encountering you. Doesn't mean that you're exactly the same, but it means that on some level, you kind of touch each other in a very important way. And Janet and I had a moment like this, an encounter. And it's an encounter that's really changed me and how I think about service. Because I think what Janet showed me is we're really all the same. Janet and I, to the outside world, look profoundly different. Her life and my life look profoundly different. And yet, at the end of the day, after that 15-minute conversation, I found out Janet and I have a lot in common. For example, we both really like nature. We used to take uh, walks together in Cuyahoga Valley Park. For example, we both, our favorite musical artist for both of us is the Beatles. We found that out. There are differences, sure, but there's something 
about uh, there's something that we found in common, and it wouldn't have happened if Janet wouldn't have broken the ice. Because I was thinking, I'm up here, and she's down here, and how am I going to help her? And Janet broke down that barrier for me. And as a result, I have a friend. As Deacon Gallo mentioned, uh, there's uh, something, a really exciting thing I've been, I've been working on here at Ignatius, and it's called the Welsh Academy. And, uh, and this is something I'm really excited to share with you, uh, because next year, uh, we're going to have 26 graders on this campus. And you guys are the distinguished group of leaders here who are going to be able to show these guys what Ignatius is all about. And I urge you, I challenge you, to be open to encounter with these young boys. What does encounter look like? It looks like, hey, what sport do you play? Or even better, uh, when you see them in the gym, pick up a ball and shoot around them. It looks like, hey, you're in a video game, so am I. Uh, you know, maybe we could play a little Fortnite, right? It looks like, hey, you know what? You're like my little brother. Because the thing is, you're going to hear people on this campus say things like, oh yeah, there's those Welsh Academy kids. There's those kids. And I challenge you, I, I, I ask of you to really push back on that and say, no, those are our Academy kids. Because they're one of us. They're part of the Ignatius family. Because the thing is, just as Janet really, really made an impact on my life, and our encounter has helped me see service differently, that's the same kind of impact uh, these 26th graders could have on you if you're open to it. And so, uh, and so I encourage you, I really encourage you, if you're interested in uh, thinking more about, hey, how can we welcome these, these sixth graders to St. Ignatius High School, uh, come talk to me, I would love to talk to you. You guys are the ones that know. You guys are the ones they're gonna look up to. I'm always gonna be an adult. But you, you're the cool older brother. And you have a real, real special chance with this Welsh Academy to really, really make an impact on, on some kids. And, it, and it's not going to look like, hey, I'm up here and you're down here. It's going to look like we're together as the St. Ignatius family. And, and so I, 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 I want to open you up uh, to this process. Uh, and even if you're a senior or even if you're you know, you don't end up being a huge part of the Welsh Academy, you know, you, you might think about, when you go into your next service site, you might think about, how can I really encounter, how can I really encounter uh, the people that, that I'm gonna be with you? And I, and I really wanna thank you for, for, for the great way you, you guys are, are leaders here at St. Ignatius. You make this place special. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Dixon. Uh, we now look forward to hearing from some of our CAT leaders, student leaders. Those of you guys that are talking, come on up. Each leader will talk about a different level of commitment in our CAT initiatives, one-time one -time opportunities, seasonal opportunities, and year-long opportunities. And make the, they will also make the connection between a spiritual work of mercy with the relationship they have experienced with their CAT initiative. Our first speaker, Nicholas Schmitz, will, talk, will touch on the one-time opportunities. 
The initiatives that offer one-time opportunities to be involved are Homework Club, Friends with Larsh, St. Bernard Movers, Gonzaga Society of Prayer, Mission Collection, Green Team, St. <coughs> Monica Monday Night Meal, and the St. Benedict Joseph Flaubert Ministry to the Homeless. Please welcome Nick. Uh, thank you, Mr. Roletta. So, as you said, I'm here uh, to talk to you about Homework Club. And um, as you know, Homework Club is one of the most popular initiatives here at St. Ignatius that tutors and provides homework assistance and relationships to uh, fourth through eighth graders every day from 3.30 to 5.30 uh, over at Urban Community School down the street. So, this ministry is so important because many of these kids do not have the opportunities at home to focus on their homework or receive assistance. And at Homework Club, really the volunteers can help ensure that these students use these opportunities to excel, excel as a student, and also a time to really be the, themselves. So just as important as providing help with homework, as I said, high school volunteers can easily develop really strong relationships and friendships that benefit both kids and high schoolers. Through providing homework, playing games, sharing a snack, and having conversations, Coming to Homework Club, you can really tell it makes one of the kids' days, and as from my experience, it also can make the high schoolers' day, the volunteers. So in this ministry, uh, we attempt to address the spiritual works of instructing the ignorant and also comforting the afflicted. Through my experience of working at kids at Urban Community School, I believe that the ministry accomplishes this by show- just because by showing up, helping kids focus, being a friend, developing strong relationships, we're, not, we're seeing the dignity and value in their lives and truly showing that we care in some ways. Uh, when they come to understand this, that you genuinely, genuinely want to be there and you gen- genuinely care and are interested in their lives and their homework, I believe that they not only start to trust you as a friend, but they also start to believe in themselves and their schoolwork and them as a student. So as you can tell, there's a lot more to this ministry than meets the eye. And I really believe it's a meaningful experience for everybody. So I'm here today just to encourage all of you to simply try it out for yourselves. I initially started going to Homework Club as a requirement for sophomore service to check the box, as a lot of you have. But after spending that one afternoon there, I uh, just decided I really wanted to go back. I had a lot of fun. And I wanted to go back and continue those relationships I made with some of those kids. And I still have those relationships up to now. So since then, I've been trying to go a couple of times a week, and um, it's really a lot of fun. I've gotten to know a lot of the kids really well, and I think they've come to trust me, and they're really willing to, they know they're going to do their homework when I'm there, and they really make my day just by uh, having, having conversations with me. So one of the greatest joys I experienced from this was uh, actually this Christmas in our community day, this uh, junior year. So... I was assigned to Urban Community School with my uh, homeroom, and I decided to go into the classroom of fourth graders, which were a lot of the same kids I get to work with during the week at Homework Club. And upon our arrival, I saw all the kids I knew already, and most knew their names and knew their stories. And it was just really welcome. They were really welcoming to me. They were really excited to see me, and I was really excited to see all of them. So we had a great hour together. They were uh, really warm, and they were... It was great to see like the true power that just going to help kids with their math homework once or twice a week, you can, how you can really build this relationship outside of the classroom. 
So I call all of you in this room today to do the exact same thing. As I said, you've come, some of you must have come one or twice to do a sophomore service, but I hope I've been able to show you the meaningful experience that can come from all of this. So you can sign up online, as Mr. Gill said, um, at ignatius.edu slash homework club, or you can also commit to attending consistently for a seven-week session. Um, bring a friend. It's a lot of fun to have other guys there. And I encourage all of you while you're there to actually push yourselves out of your comfort zone. That's something I struggled with for a long time. And by this, I mean going up to kids you don't talk to a lot of times or you've never seen before and just having conversations with them. Start with something like, what's your favorite sport? And uh, everything just starts from there. It all, it's all easy, easy going from there. So, um, yeah, and once you're into this, you're really fully incorporating yourself into the afternoon at Homework Club. It's more than just a kid demanding you to come over here, how do you do this fraction, and then you walk away. So, yeah really just try to get to know them and you'll also learn a lot more about yourself. Uh, finally, I ask that you all keep in your prayers all the students, teachers, and volunteers at Homework Club, including our alumni volunteers, Mr. Valletta, Mr. Gill, who all put in so much work to ensure we all have this great opportunity, both students and uh, high school volunteers. So uh, thank you. Thanks, Nicholas. Next, Dylan Bangasser will touch on the seasonal opportunities that you guys have with CAT. The initiatives that offer seasonal opportunities are the Reedy Family Christmas Food Drive, Spring Into Action, CAT Pack, and Homework Club. Let's welcome Dylan. So what I'm here to talk to you mostly about is the Reedy Family Christmas Food Drive. So I run cross country in the fall and track in the spring. Um, which takes up a lot of my time, but it leaves kind of this awkward gap uh, in October, November, December, um, which I was looking for something to do with it. And so I went to a meeting and uh, got involved with Christmas Food Drive core team. So most of you, I hope, would know what the Christmas Food Drive is. Um, you brought in your $4 during $4 week. You brought in your four cans during four cans week. But it's what happens during the four others week and what happens uh, in the weeks leading up to the actual drive that really makes this event special. Um, while you see that it's us rallying together, bringing stuff in for the baskets, there's so much more that goes behind the scenes uh, through the core team. Um, the core team meets weekly on Tuesdays, usually in the six or seven weeks leading up to the delivery date, which happens around the third week in, in December. Um, and you have the opportunity to take many different roles in this process. Um, you can do physical work like folding the boxes. Um, if you have any questions, ask Nick Bishop. He was uh, the master of that. Um, there's the homeroom heralds, which are essentially the hype beasts of the drive, and go around and uh, get to encourage everybody to uh, bring, in their, bring in their cans, bring in their dollars, and uh, really hype up the spirit of service and joy that we're trying to promote during uh, the holiday season with the drive. And also, if you're looking for more of a leadership role in the, uh, in the drive, I would encourage you to sign up to be a MAP leader. Um, we need plenty of help with that. Um, and that's just, you know, organizing the maps, organizing the addresses, making sure that everybody who needs a basket is going to get their basket, um, and the volunteers that come and help us out uh, know how to get there. Um, but this food drive is more than just 
listening to Mariah Carey in the Arupe house while filling out spreadsheets <laughs> or putting chickens and milk in baskets and dropping them off. It's about encountering the face of Christ out in the people that you don't see every day. Um, one of my favorite parts of the drive is at the end when we have all of our baskets that are left over that couldn't be delivered. And we take them and go down to the, uh, to the projects and d- knock on doors and ask people if they want free food. And initially, they, are, they have a look of disbelief that spreads across their face because they're not used to this kind of thing. Of free food being handed out, they think it's some sort of trick. And they're trying to figure out how we're trying to scheme them or whatever. Um, but eventually, you're able to communicate it to them. And this unbelievably large smile just spreads across their face as they see the joy that you're trying to bring into their holiday season. And even, it's more than just the food. It's about the companionship, the friendship, the fact that you drove all the way down there uh, just to talk with them and meet with them and, you know, bring them some food. And I think this really helps to... Um, you know, look at the the comforting the sorrowful and praying for the living and the dead, um, the spirit of the spiritual works of mercy, um, because these people that live down in these areas, while we encounter them, you know, once a year during Christmas food drive or maybe on Labor every Sunday, for the rest of the week, you know, they're still they're they don't have many people to talk to, or maybe they are going hungry uh, when we're not bringing them food. So. Before I continue, I'd ask that you pray for these people. Because um, while we are able to bring joy into the lives of movie during the season, uh, there are a lot of other times when they are in need of help. So, um, yeah, just pray for the people that bring the baskets. Pray for the volunteers that help out, that are, we're so gracious to have. Um, and I encourage you to, uh, to join this program. Um, I've had a ton of fun doing it for the past two years. Um, and it really is a lot of fun, uh, whether you can commit to the core team meetings, which uh, are about six weeks before the drive, or just show up on the day of. Um, you wake, get to wake up early, load some boxes, and uh, sing some Christmas carols with the boys out in the chapel parking lot. Um, it really is a fun time, and more than that, it's impactful. I mean, we're really making a difference in the lives of a lot of people who would maybe go through the Christmas season alone. and. The whole point of the Christmas season uh, is that Jesus came in the world so that we could all be together. And so I think it's a really beautiful thing that the drive attempts to uh, attempts to accomplish. Um, so yeah, while, while the other commitments are great, I especially encourage you that if you are doing like a fall sport and a, and a spring sport, to get involved in this activity um, and look at the other seasonal commitments that you can do because... While many of you are, you know, runners or football players or lacrosse players, um, when you're not doing that, what are you? And we hope that you become men of service and join some of these programs. Um, while I'm sad that this is my last food drive, I hope that you guys can continue down next year. Um, and if you need help with the maps, just email me. I'm sure I can work something out. Um, but yeah, seriously, sign up. It's a ton of fun, and uh, I think. Going and seeing the smiles on the faces of the people as you deliver the baskets is a really tangible way to measure the impact that you're having. Um, So thank you, and uh, good luck. Thank you, Dylan. Our final student speaker, Grant Galchuk, will touch on the year-long opportunities within CAT. Those initiatives include the St. Benedict Joseph Flavor Ministry to the Homeless, Bigs and Littles with Arupe, Arupe Explorers, Friends with Larsh, and Green Team. Let's welcome Grant.
All right, so believe it or not, the mystery speaker was also a mystery to me. Um, so once I heard Mr. Dixon talking about Larsh, I was like, this is great. I'm just going to kind of piggyback off of what he said because his words are definitely going to be a lot better than mine. Um, so I, I got involved in Larsh in freshman year. And the big thing uh, Larsh is for me is it's an opportunity to encounter, just like Mr. Dixon said. Um, there's five Larsh homes in the city of Cleveland, the greater area. Um, and we visit on the second Thursday of every month right after the cat meeting which happens to be today. So if you're sparked, you have like a you know, flame lit inside you after the State of the Cat meeting, we do have a meeting today. You're more than welcome to attend. Uh, see myself, Mrs. Carroll, or Mr. Chris Marzik in the back. Um, we'd be happy to have you. Anyway, so L'Arche in French translates to the Ark, uh, which is a reference to Noah's Ark. Um, and it's kind of this idea that there's room for everybody in this place. There's plenty of room, um, and there's plenty of warm welcome. So one thing that I, I just kind of want to reflect about my large experience, um, and it's encounter is the only way to explain what large is. Uh, the house that I go to, uh, it's called the Abbey House, and the second you open up the door, uh, there's an adult whose name is Adam. He has Tourette syndrome. You open the door, and Adam starts screaming. He goes, "What are you doing here, you hot dog?" Comes up with all kinds of really fun words uh, to describe you. Um, and it's, it's just this amazing experience that you get thrown into, this encounter of Adam. And then you move on, you see David, another adult. Uh, he's playing Wii Bowling. And I swear this guy bowls better than I've seen anyone bowl in the whole... I mean, I'm sorry, Caroline, if you're here, but this man bowls incredibly. And then you keep walking in and you see Diane, uh, who just sits on a couch, who sits at the table and kind of waits and smiles at you. Um, and so although Adam's craziness and David's Wii Bowling are both really, really entertaining experiences. I really want to focus on Diane, who's very much uh, kind of like the common grace in that house. Uh, without Diane, that would be quite, quite the crazy house, and I'm not entirely sure what would happen. Um, Adam really likes to slap people on their butt, which is another encounter that I don't know you want to have. Um, <laughs> um, Diane, Diane really, I think, shows us the spiritual work of mercy of praying for and with the afflicted. Um, Diane is always a very, very serious and very caring person. And Diane, particularly when we pray at the end of our nights, takes prayer very seriously. She gets, um, she goes into a more serious tone, and it's something that, you know, the rest, normally when Diane's talking, she's going from, oh, what are you going to be for Halloween this year, to when's your birthday, to Diane just asks all kinds of questions. And it's because she genuinely cares about who we are as people. Um, but Diane, during prayer, is very serious, and she takes her prayer very seriously which is, I think, something that we can all you know, take to heart, take to mind, um, that this idea of being concerned with other people's well-being translates into prayer. You know, whenever, whenever Diane prays, she doesn't say, like, I hope that I can get this or, you know, that this works out for me. Uh, she constantly talks about different people in her life. She prays for us and for her friends and her sisters. Diane is just really focused on other people. And I think that's really what this ministry, uh, this Friends with Large ministry, and the other uh, year-long commitments also focus on. Uh, not only that we do service, but that these people genuinely help us. Um, every time I see Diane, I'm just reminded of how incredible she is. Just this, this woman of faith, this woman of prayer, who although looks and acts and talks different from us, uh, is still so similar to us. So, uh, like I said, we do have a meeting today. If you're interested in getting involved at all with Friends with Larsh uh, for the rest of the school year, again, see myself, Mrs. Carroll, or Mr. Kuzmarzik. Uh, you can sign up at the end of every single camp meeting. 
Um, as a junior or senior, you can definitely consider being a leader of our program. Uh, it's a very, very worthwhile experience. Uh, and then please continue praying for the core member and their assist the core members and their assistants. Um, there's there's a lot of core members and a lot of assistants who could really use your prayers. Um, and it would be really great to see you uh, at large today. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Thank you, Nick and Dylan and Grant, um, for sharing your experiences with us, your encounters with us. Um, hopefully all of you guys, uh, through Mr. Dixon's uh, words and our student speakers, um, hopefully you guys can start to see your encounters that you have within the context of the initiatives that you're involved in. Um, or as Grant said, maybe you, uh, a fire gets lit in you today and, and you can experience encounter soon through some of the initiatives that we have um, through CAT. Um, all right, announcements. Let's see. Uh, we have LABRA signups. There are nine spots, so if you're interested in doing LABRA this Sunday, after the meeting, come on up. Seniors first. Uh, we have Mover sign-up for, for Wednesday the 20th, uh, six spots. So if you're interested in doing movers, helping move some furniture, uh, no muscles needed. Come sign up for that. Um, usually after the state of the cat meeting, we turn these cat meetings over to the seniors um, to kind of take us, take us home for the year. And so uh, we're going to start doing that um, next week. So seniors in the room, if you are interested in leading a cat meeting uh, for the remainder of the year, come up and see me. I have sign-ups um, so you guys can lead, us, lead the meetings. Um, Deacon Gala has Gonzaga sign-ups, or do I have those? No, I have them. You have them. Uh, if you're interested in leading Gonzaga, Tuesday mornings, 7.30, uh, 15 minutes worth of prayer for the sick in our community. See Mr. Gala after the meeting. And last thing, last announcement, um, the Arupe program session four begins the first week of March. So if you're interested in working with any of the kids down at Urban Community School, uh, through sports with Cat Pack or homework club, um, helping the kids with their homework and doing activities with aquaponics, um, learning about self-sustaining ecosystems, um, with robotics. Did I miss anything? No. So if you're interested in any of those, working with the kids at Urban Community Schools, stop up and see me and get an application. Um, all right, I'll turn it over to Deacon Gal for our final blessing. After the blessing, there is pizza and mystery drink. Uh, seniors, you're first, and start with two slices of pizza. Take us home. Very good. So let's uh, pray together the sushi pay. At the end, I'll give a blessing and bless the food. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. All that I have and possess, you have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. All that's yours, do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. May the Lord turn his face to you and be gracious to you. Amen. May the Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you peace. Amen. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thanks for listening. Got any suggestions? Let us know on Twitter at S-I-H-S-E-Y-E. Like our content? Please rate and review us wherever you listen. If you'd like to help produce future episodes, come to meetings in room 212 of Main Building on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. See you next time on Podcasts.